You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. On today's show, we're going to talk about some Royals news from over the weekend. And also, we have our World Series matchup set. I want to start with Kansas City, where... Really, they're a, a hotbed right now for, for teams searching for executives and uh, managers. We'll start with Pedro Gafal, who seems to be a lead candidate for the Tigers' job to be the next Tigers' manager. And this is not surprising to me. I was someone who was beating the drum for the Royals to hire Pedro Gafal last offseason when Nadios retired, although... The writing was on the wall way before Ned Yost retired that they were just going to hand the job to Mike Matheny and go about their business. They were grooming Mike Matheny for a long time. I don't think that this season went bad with Mike Matheny. I don't think that he was a bad manager. Uh, I think that there was more upside, though, and more potential from Pedro Grafal. And, you know, maybe Mike Matheny has truly learned some things, and it's hard to evaluate a manager without knowing the the clear direction, right? They can say they want to win, but again, he doesn't have the talent around him to win. So without knowing for sure what the manager is going through in his mind, you know, he can say he's trying to make the right moves to win, or he could be setting up a young guy in a different spot, trying to figure out what he has and doesn't have on the roster. So it's hard to hold many moves against him from this season. So we won't really get to evaluate Mike Matheny, um, until Kansas City is actively trying to make the postseason, which won't be for a year or two. So the the argument between Matheny and Pedro Grafal is one that will have to wait, because even if Grafal gets this job with Detroit, Detroit's also not going to make the postseason for another year or two. But Pedro Grafal has been in the conversation for a lot of jobs recently, last year, this year, you would like to see him get one. I think he's going to be a great manager. I think he's going to be very analytically driven. I think he's a good clubhouse guy. From everything that you heard behind the scenes with Kansas City, he was a big factor in both staffs, both with Ned Yost and Mike Matheny, uh, a big factor in decision-making. You know, Some people would say that Pedro Grafal had as much, if not more, input than Ned Yost did in the moves that you make. Pedro Grafal is really trusted uh, in this organization, it would not surprise me that he gets a job. To me, he is the Royals' Eric Bieniemy. I mean, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. When is he going to get that next job? When is he going to get promoted? And hopefully for him, it's this offseason. Of course, it would be a big blow to Kansas City's you know, coaching staff, but for Pedro Fall, you really hope that he can uh, get this promotion. And if it's in Detroit, great. If it's somewhere else, also, that's great. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. For all the parts you're covered, you need to go to rockauto.com and tell them Lockdown sent you. So I would love if Pedro Fall got the job in Detroit. 
Uh, I would also love if he got a job anywhere because I was someone who wanted him to get the job in Kansas City. I think it'd be a great hire. I really do. Just a lot of the stuff that you hear behind the scenes. Of course, we won't really know for sure until he's actually the one making the call. But I think that he'll do a great job as a manager. And there's also reports of the Phillies wanting to tap into Dayton Moore's executive tree and to grow Dayton Moore's GM tree and to hire J.J. Porcelio as their new GM out of uh, Kansas City, working alongside Dayton Moore. That's interesting to me because I don't know um, if you would view Dayton Moore as a executive that you want to duplicate. It's not thinking against Dayton Moore, uh, but when you look at what's happening in Tampa Bay, when you look at what's happening in L.A., when you look at what's happening all over the place, it, it just seems like there's better, quote-unquote, trees to pick from than Dayton Moore. Dayton Moore, you know, if J.J. is going to be just like Dayton Moore, he'll make all the right moves in the sense of building a family-friendly culture, and maybe the culture is the problem in Philadelphia. So maybe that'll be good. Um, but as we talked about before, Dayton Moore sometimes struggles to make the hard move. For example, Salvador Perez. A more shrewd organization like Tampa Bay, who's in the World Series right now and is, is on a fantastic run of contending teams and playoff teams, would trade Salvador Perez this offseason. He's a fan favorite. He's an all-star. He's a gold glover. But his trade value, going on the wrong side of 30 as a catcher, is never going to be higher than it is right now. The return on investment will never be higher than it is right now. And you trade him and get back prospects that can help you replenish and help you continue to be good rather than re-signing him and making him a lifelong royal. They even traded Evan Longoria, who could have been a lifelong Ray, the only lifelong Ray, and a Hall of Famer as a Ray. I still think he goes into the Hall of Fame as a Ray if he gets in, but still, they made those tough calls. So it's all about what the organization views themselves as and what they want to do moving forward. And maybe Dayton Moore would feel more comfortable making the making the shrewd moves if he had a, a pocketbook like Philadelphia. Although the Phillies are backing down now off of spending money. They went from wanting to sign Machado and Harper to having signed Harper, and now they're almost refusing to sign JT Ramuto. So it's interesting that, that you would pick Dayton Moore as the, the GM to pick from. Pick his right-hand man. I will say that if, if you're trying to grow a farm system, I mean, Dayton Moore had a big impact in building the historic farm system that, that got you the 2015 World Series. Again, by now, uh, the Rays have passed you by as, as one of the best farm systems ever. But at the time, whenever Hosmer and Moose and, and all those guys were on the farm, that was literally a historic farm system. It graded out higher than any of them before. It looked like it was set up forever. You were at one time what the race farm system is right now. What the race farm system was even two years ago. So he's proven that he can draft and make those decisions in the draft. And maybe that's what's most important in Philadelphia as they are locked into Bryce Harper. And if they re-sign Real Muto, they really take themselves out of most free agent conversations, even in a big market like Philadelphia. And I think that there is something to be said about building through the draft, especially in the next couple off seasons here where owners are reluctant to spend money. I mean, you're looking at even the Yankees two days ago, admitting publicly 
they're not going to spend money because the Yankees do not have the backing. Okay, the, the Yankees organization, it's not a toy that they're playing with, the owners, the Steinbrenners. They're not playing with a toy. That's what the case is for most owners. Most owners make their money and make their revenue outside of baseball, and baseball for them is just like a little a little Xbox. It's like playing PS4. It's just something fun to do and something fun to have. It's like having a it's like having a a, a bike or having a, a a motorboat or something like that. Having a having a yacht. It's nothing different. You just own a baseball team. You're that rich. For the Steinbrenners, it's a family business, and so whenever the family business with the Yankees loses all that revenue this season the most in baseball, loses more than they could ever have projected, no fans, etc. then that really hurts their ability to spend money because they didn't have any money coming in. You've got to have money coming in to have money going out. And it sounds crazy on the surface that the Yankees are struggling for money, but that's the case with these owners. You're seeing them back off of spending money now because of what happened this season. So maybe teams are viewing the draft as as their option to improve. And if you're, if that's the case, Dayton Moore has proven he can draft. We'll see what this next core can do. This next crop of pitchers that is elevating him up and up and up the prospect pipeline, but we'll see what, what happens moving forward. But he has proven at one time he can draft very well. So maybe he's taught JJ how to do all that. But I do want to tell you about our good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right. 20 years ago, you couldn't work the email properly. You couldn't work the internet properly. Anytime your phone would ring, the internet would shut off. It was a disaster. But you could have been going to rockout.com and finding all the parts your car would ever need. That's right. Rockout.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online. And my favorite part about rockout.com is that I know nothing about cars. And the fact is, I don't have to know anything about cars because I can just put put my make, my model, my year into their database. And they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. So I'm not wasting money on parts I cannot use or parts I don't need. And that's a big help to me because otherwise I would have no idea how to differentiate what parts can work and what parts do not work for me. So go to rockauto.com for their amazing selection. Their reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need to them lockdown sent you in the, how did you hear about us box? And they'll know what to do from there. That is rockauto.com. And then tell them lockdown sent you in the, how did you hear about us box? So those are the two bits of, Royals news and Royals notes. It's Pedro Grafal uh, possibly being the, the Tigers manager, and it's also JJ getting kind of sniped from the Phillies. None of those hires are official yet, but that's just the rumor mill that is spinning around right now in Kansas City. And what's no longer a rumor is that Kansas City also signed Le'Veon Bell last week, and, and we saw the Chiefs running a ton yesterday against the Bills on their way to yet another victory over the Buffalo Bills last night. Pretty good game last night. You saw them running a ton, and I just couldn't help but imagine what it will be like whenever Andy Reid is not subbing in Darrell Williams, who who I like, and, and Darwin Thompson, who who I think is underrated, and really if he had more touches, could truly elevate his game. I think Darwin Thompson's a special player and could be a special player, again, if given the touches that he has not gotten to this point. But now replace those two with subbing in Le'Veon Bell and asking Le'Veon Bell to not be the bell cow and taking that pressure off of him. And again, it's as simple as you're not going to stack the box against Kansas City. You just can't. I mean, you simply cannot stack the box against Kansas City, and that opens up the running game. 
it's part of the reason why some people, including myself, were kind of against drafting a running back in the first round because the running game will come in this offense. If, if Mahomes and company do their job, the running game opens up automatically. You don't necessarily need to, need to invest in a first-round running back. You don't need to use that investment as we're trying to cut costs and be cost-efficient as you re-sign Kelsey and you re-sign Mahomes and you re-sign um, you know, Chris Jones and you try to re-sign Terry Kill later. You don't need to spend that investment and the first-round pick is a young, controllable, controllable talent on the cheap while you're paying out the wazoo for these other players. You don't really need to spend that on a running back whenever the running back kind of gets schemed open uh, and gets lanes presented to them uh, just by the fact that you cannot stack the box against Kansas City. Now, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been incredible. He has been awesome. And in fact, he's been better than I thought he was going to be. But that's just part of the reason why people didn't like the first-round pick. I think that it was um, justifiable because it's at 32. You're not like the Cowboys who spent a fourth overall pick on a running back. You spend at at 32, and that's kind of the luxury of being a Super Bowl team. Um, but nonetheless, just having Clyde, having Le'Veon Bell, having Mahomes, having Tyreek Hill, having Travis Kelsey, Hardman, Pringle was really good last night, and then eventually going to get Simi Watkins back as well. It just goes back to the only way I think that you stop this Chiefs team is the Chiefs team stopping themselves. And the only way that they stop themselves, in my opinion is the offensive line continuing to be porous. And I know that there's been a lot of injuries up front, some opt-outs up front, but not protecting Mahomes is the only way that this team is going to lose. Not giving him time to throw, not giving him time to make the, the play downfield, that's the only way you stop this offense. It's just not giving him time. When he got time last night, you saw he was either able to make some beautiful passes, including that amazing pass to Travis Kelsey in the end zone, in the back of the end zone. But also, if you give him time, and you cover everyone, he can take off because you can't spy Mahomes. I mean, you can try to, but now you're leaving open a speedster downfield. So it's like pick your poison there. The only issue with this offense, and the only way you stop this offense is the offensive line does not play well. And they played pretty well last night, so that's good. Maybe they're improving, and they can continue on that trajectory. And, 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 the, and the schedule really softens up, right? You took care of business against the Ravens. You took care of business against the Bills. Those are two teams that, that could track you down for the number one overall seed, which is so important this year. It's the only seed with a bye week. Uh, but now your schedule opens up. It really does. I mean, you got the the Broncos this week, who had an impressive win over New England uh, last week, but still, you're going to take care of the Broncos. The Jets, who are the worst team in football and might be the worst team of all time. Uh, the Panthers coming up, scrappy little team with the Panthers, but still, you're better than them. And then after the bye week, you get the Raiders. And, and, and Andy Reid is incredible after the bye week. So, Following that bye week, you should redeem yourself against the Raiders, and then you've got to match up with Tom Brady, which will be so much fun to watch. But that will conclude today's episode. Tomorrow, we'll do a World Series preview. Uh, let's see, Thursday, we'll recap the first two games of the World Series, and then on Friday, we'll talk about something. This is Locked on Rose. Be good, and be good to another.